Well, good morning. Kia ora koutou, no mai te mai. Welcome to church. My name's Jeremiah, and along with my wife, Sarah, we, are, we get to be the campus pastors out here. But it's so great to see your faces in church this morning that you have not just turned up, but that you prioritize this time, set it aside to gather as the church, to come and worship with us, to come and hear the word with us. And we're just so grateful that you've gathered. Because it really wouldn't be the same without you. It wouldn't. Imagine if just one of us turned up. It would be, it would be nice, and we would still sing, and we would still worship, and we would still preach the word, but it really wouldn't be the same if, if we didn't all gather together. Because I think we're supposed to do life together. We're supposed to do life with others. We're not supposed to do it on our own. In fact, we were designed and created for relationship, to live in relationship, purposed to be in families, planned to be with friends, planned to be part of a church family. We can go alone, but it can be lonely. In saying that, you can sometimes go with a group of people, and it can still be lonely. So you've got to go with the right people, have the right people around you, but you also get to walk by the Holy Spirit, and so you are never truly alone. I don't know if you find, if you're doing a job, sometimes it's just so much easier if I just do the job on my own. It's so much more efficient. Nobody gets in your way. It gets done right sometimes the first time, if it's just me doing it. But if we want to do something continually, over and over again for a long period of time, if we want to last any sense of longevity, we really should do it with others. It might be nice to occasionally take a break on our own to put our feet up, do something for yourself. But there's something special about doing it with friends and family. I don't know about at your dinner table, but certainly at our dinner table, have you ever sat there and someone who you've been on a trip with or you've had a, an experience with and someone goes, <laughs> do you remember that time when, and they just lose it laughing? can't get out the rest of the sentence, but then someone else at the table or you're sitting at the table and you know exactly what they're on about. You know exactly the moment. They haven't even said it yet. And then you're both all laughing because you have this shared experience together. And the whole table falls apart laughing. It's because friends and our families in relationship are designed to remind us of what's happened in the past to walk with us in present times and continually point to a hopeful future. Well, our faith is no different. We're designed to do it together, side by side, church family, life group family, friends. It's the same as we've been saying over the last few weeks, Lord, send me. Yes, it might mean leaving one family for another place, or leaving some friends for another set of friends. But we were never designed to do it alone. We were never designed to call out God's mission for us, God's call for us on our own. When God says, send me, he will send someone with us. Have you ever been on a kid's camp? or a youth camp, or you've volunteered as a parent help, maybe just for a day at school, or you've maybe been away on some professional development for a whole week, and you're like, it's fine. It's just a week. 
And so you plan, you prepare, you get all the washing done and you pack and, and then you have a great time while you're away. And then you get to the end of the week and you've, you've served the young people or you've served your business or you've done what you came there to do. And at the end of the week, you're exhausted. I can't believe it's only been one week. It was only one day. I was talking to some youth leaders and some kids who got back from youth camp last week and they were exhausted after just one weekend after the late nights and stupidly silly early mornings. But the things that we tire ourselves out with. I remember I used to volunteer at some kids' camps and we would, the kids would uh, get up at 6 a.m. if we were lucky and I had to get up earlier than that for a uh, leaders' meeting and then they'd still be fighting sleep at 2 a.m. Parents, you know what this is like and you don't even have to go to camp. Fighting sleep at 2 a.m. And then you get up And it's another full day of adventures. Still a whole lot more to do, and we were only having to serve for a week. Well, in our mission of God and what God has called us to do, we're not just talking about serving Jesus for one week. We're not just talking about living on mission for one little project. Or even just for one person to know hope. The missions God's given us is a lifelong mission. So how do we live it with longevity? How do we live it in complete faithfulness to God so that at the end of time when we get to stand face to face to God, he can say, well done, you good and faithful servant. What helps us to go long and to be faithful is together, is with others, co-laborers, church family, our friends. These are the ones we work alongside serve alongside, and we serve the cause of Christ. We're not just doing it because it's another good thing to do, but in all that we do, we serve Christ in what we do alongside others. And we train and encourage and believe and empower the next generation to live their lives more passionate for Jesus. Psalm 102.18 says this, let this be written for a future generation, that a people not yet created may praise the Lord. What we do, what we serve, who we are, how we live on mission, how we take the message of hope is so that a generation not yet born will praise the Lord because it's generations that we, that we want to see impacted with the good news of hope, of what Jesus has done on the cross for us. Over the last few weeks, we've said, God, I know you as Savior. I know what you've done for me on the cross, so I'll trust you as sender. So I will trust that where you send me, your plans and your purposes for me are what is right. And then, Lord, if you've sent me, I will serve you. I will serve the people that I come across. But we don't want to just serve the people that we come across. We want to have impact generationally. Because the message of good news of what Jesus did for us isn't just for you and me or isn't just for our family. It's for our kids and our kids' kids. It's for our friends. It's for our colleagues. It's for everyone. Let me serve another generation that they will know the goodness of God, that they will know their Savior. Send me, Lord, I will serve because I have stories of faithfulness. I have stories of your healing. I have stories of your restoration that I can pass on, that I can encourage, that I can inspire 
another generation to praise the Lord. I can tell a generation of your power. We have stories of what God has done. And we can serve him wherever we are sent by him to serve people, to serve another generation. But we're made to go together. Because as we know, we are better together. A scripture that's so often read at weddings, and I'm sure you've been to a wedding where this is read out in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 12, says this, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they'll keep warm. But how can one keep warm warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord with three strands is not easily broken. You and another with God. God, an integral part of the mission that he's called us on. He is the strength of the testimony that we talk about. Putting on full display the power of Christ in our lives. Paul, who was Saul in the New Testament, was a man who passionately, passionately lived out his mission of life serving Christ and serving his establishing church. And Paul understood what it truly meant to be called by God, to be sent by God, to train and equip and encourage people to know Jesus more, to passionately pursue him and be obedient to his call. But many of you will know the road for, Saul, the road for Paul wasn't always an easy one. There were complications, there were interruptions in his journey. He was ended up locked up in prison, persecuted for his unrelenting love for Christ. Persecuted by the very people he had once called colleagues. But knowing that through everything he was walking through, there was still a great message of hope to get out to people. A great message of the free gift of salvation. That message that Jesus came and lived a perfect life. A perfect life. Taking all of our sin, all of our mistakes, all of the blame upon himself. He took all of the punishment that we deserved and he died on the cross for us. But not only did he die on the cross for us, he went into the tomb and then three days later he walked back out of that tomb, leaving it empty. See, it's not just, a Paul, just not a message that Paul heard one time and was like, that seems like a good message. He had a revelation of the salvation that Jesus brought. It's not just a message that on the way to Damascus, Paul heard and was like, wow, this changes just my life. It's not just a message that, that we all hear one time that was revealed to us that we know. It's one that is for every person. 
It's for everyone, for every nation, for every tribe, for every people group, for every family. It's for your family, for your children, for your friends, for your colleagues, for your team. They are the people that you know. It's personal for us because of the revelation of salvation that we've had. It's a message of hope that we must carry to other people. Not just something we hold on and, oh, well, that's nice. We must get the message out to other people. We will serve so that the message will continue to be called and praised by generations. The last few weeks we've said, Lord, send me. I will go. And you've been sent to your families, to your kids, not just to the missions field and far off countries, but to the end of your hallway, to the end of the office, to the person who sits next to you at morning tea or smoker. As a family, as a church family, we are to raise our kids in the ways of the Lord. And I love this morning that we're dedicating your little meadow, that Amy and James are saying we're dedicating her to raise her in the ways of God, that one day she might choose to follow Christ for herself. And we as a church family, we get to commit to doing the same thing, to supporting them and to supporting her to be all that Christ has called her to be. See, you have been sent to this church. That as part of this church family, we commit to raising another generation. We commit to telling stories of the faithfulness of God. You've been sent to your workplace to tell them of the hope that you have in a hopeless world. You've been sent to your sports team or to your golf club, wherever you go to take the message of compassion and mercy and grace poured out for us. You've been sent by our Savior on mission to serve, and we will serve faithfully so that another generation might know salvation. But we do not go alone. When we look at Paul's life, he knew that if the message was to continue to reach people, it would mean more than just him, one man, taking this good news to people. He would need others. And Paul, you can read in the scriptures, connected with a whole lot of other people, a whole lot of other churches, and encouraged and equipped them and empowered them and prayed for them that they would speak the message of hope. And one of these people that Paul connected with was a young man named Timothy. And if we say, God, we know you as Savior, so we'll trust you as sender. And Lord, if you've sent me, then I'll serve you. And if we want to not just serve for just another moment, for just another project, just for another week or for another year, but we want to truly serve Christ all of our lives and even beyond that and believe that the message of the gospel is for every generation, then we will raise up other disciples. We will encourage other young people. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we will faithfully serve another generation. This is what we see Paul doing with Timothy. We, like Paul, need to raise Timothys. Now, I'm not saying go out and find someone named Timothy and raise them. It's those people who are around your life who are still young in the faith. But whoever is around you, invest and encourage them in their faith, to become the best Christ followers wherever they are called by God. Not to be just the best Christ followers when they're in church, 
but to be the best Christ followers when they are in their workplace, when they are in their schools, when they become bosses, when they become politicians, when they become wherever God has led them to, whatever area of influence, would they keep Christ at the center of all that they do? And they would become the best disciples of Jesus, the most passionate about getting the mission completed. A few weeks back, Sarah was sharing a message about what we desire to be as a church family and one where every generation is cherished and valued and in each invests in the other. Knowing for the message to get out, we need to be blessing and raising up the next generation. And there are several seasons that Timothy and Paul's relationship that I think we can learn from this morning. Because Paul didn't just find a young man named Timothy and was like, all right, you're my partner now. Off you go. There were some seasons and some trainings and some establishings in Tim's journey that led him to be a partner in the mission. There were some seasons of establishing when Paul, in the role of a parent, encouraged Timothy. There were seasons of training where Paul, in the role of a mentor, challenged Timothy. And then there were seasons of partnering in the role of co-laborer with Timothy. Paul, early on in Timothy's book, calls Timothy my true son in the faith, in 1 Timothy 1-2. And as Paul and Tim set out, Paul considers Tim a son. This really helps to establish Timothy in the faith. What does it do? It helps remind him of his place in the family, of what he is part of, of what he has been called to. Similar of the role of a parent today to teach and model and encourage our children so that they know who they are, where they are from, know their sense of home and grounding. There was a great establishing taking place. And it's not just for those who have children. You do not need to have physical children to bless and encourage and invest and raise up those around us. They just need people who will love them, support them, listen to them, and keep them grounded, all while spurring them on to hear the call of God and where he's leading them. And as Timothy matures in his faith, Paul becomes more of a mentor to him. In 2 Timothy 2.2 it says this, You have heard me teach these things, this is Paul speaking, that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Paul's saying, you've watched me. You've seen how I do it. You've heard me speak to others. You've watched me pray for others. You've watched me encourage others. He's saying, now go and do likewise. Go and copy what I have done. Imitate what I have done. Now that I find a little bit of a challenge. Could we say that to another generation? Could we say that to those who are new to the faith? You should see how I'm living and you should do like that. This is how you become a Christ follower. This is how you know the hope of salvation is you follow my example. I might say follow some of my example. That's not what Paul says. Later on, he says, uh, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Could we say that to others in our lives? Follow my example. 
imitate my life as I imitate Christ. And then Paul says, go now yourself and tell others the good news of our Savior. And as Timothy continues to grow in his faith, we see another move in relationship to partnership and co-laboring. Paul understood that in order for the message of Jesus to spread and for legacy to be generational, the next generation needed some parenting, needed establishing, needed training, and then in full partnership in the mission. These last few weeks, we've opened our heart to say to God, send us, to send me where you are leading, to the plans and purposes that you have put in place for me. God, we know you as Savior, and so we'll trust what you have planned. I will go on mission. I will live on mission where you have called me. Mission is not just for the evangelist or just for the prophet, or just for the pastor. Thank goodness for that. But it is for all of us, for every role, for every believer. Because it's personal. It's personal to us. I care that other people know the news of salvation. I care that people know the comfort and the closeness of the Holy Spirit. I care that people know freedom in Christ. I personally care about the salvation and eternal hope that others would experience. So Lord, send me. I'll go anywhere. God, I know you as Savior, so I'll trust you as sender. And Lord, if you've sent me, then I'll serve you. And Lord, if you've asked me to serve, then I will serve another generation, that they would praise the Lord. A generation not yet born. And as he sends us, we will go willingly to do what? To serve. Jesus came to serve people. And it's a pattern, an example that we should follow. And we train and we encourage and we believe and we empower the next generation to live their lives more passionately for Jesus. We inspire them with stories of faith, of what God has done. But we don't just tell of all of the great things because Paul had some real hardships on his journey. To see a faithful generation praise the Lord, we share some of our scars some of those moments, those hard times in the journey of serving Jesus. Not to make you look tough, not to make me look strong, but to demonstrate his strength, to display his power, that he walked with us in every season. Can I invite the band to come and join me again this morning? God, I know you as Savior, so I'll trust you as sender. And Lord, if you've sent me, I'll serve you. We will serve you faithfully through generations. We take people on the journey with us. Not just something that we walk out on our own, but if we want to see longevity, if we want to see another generation not yet born, Praise the Lord. As Psalms 102 says, let it be written for a future generation that a people not yet created may praise the Lord. If that's what we want to serve, if that's what we want to see, then we must be passionate about getting the message of hope 
out to every area that we're in. I can't get it out to your workplace. I might not have the opportunity to share with your family, but you do. It's personal. But Jesus also sent us the Holy Spirit. So that in times when we look around and maybe there's not another Christian in your family, maybe there's not another Christian in your workplace and you're going, but I am alone in this place. Well, God sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus went back to heaven and he said, it's better that I go so that someone else can come and be with you always. And that person is the person of the Holy Spirit. So that wherever we are, Holy Spirit walks with us, empowering and comforting us. Holy Spirit is no less God, no less Jesus, a perfect part of the Trinity, three in one, but dwells in us, dwells in our hearts, can teach us, prompt us, guide us, sometimes give us the words to say when we don't have the words, helps us know where to go when perhaps we don't know where to go, gives us great comfort when things are tough. Would you stand with me if you're able to this morning? You know, I don't know this morning what your response of send me has been over the last few weeks. I don't know what God's been speaking in your heart. I don't know what Holy Spirit's been revealing to you. I don't know if you've started this journey of, okay, God, I'll, I'll go, send me wherever you need to call me. And you've got there and going, oh, now I have to serve. Okay, God, I'll serve. And now you're telling me generationally, faithfully, for a long time. It seems exhausting. But that's why we have Holy Spirit to walk with us, encourage us when times get tough, when we feel like we're on this journey alone. Look around, you're part of a church family who is living on mission with you. But there are places in life where you can feel alone, but Holy Spirit is there right beside you. And you might go, but I don't know if I've got the Holy Spirit with me. Or I don't know what that sounds like. Or I don't know what He feels like. Well, this morning as we sing again, Lord, send revival. God, as you send us, would revival come? As we serve, would revival come? As we serve another generation, would revival come? Would you just open your hearts, maybe open your hands? Maybe would you just pause for a moment in the middle of worship and say, Holy Spirit, would you speak to me? Would you reveal yourself to me? Would you make yourself known to me? Because Holy Spirit wants relationship with you. In the same way God the Father sent Jesus, his son, to die on a cross that we might have relationship with us, with him. Holy Spirit is part of that relationship daily. So as we sing and as we worship, take a moment. Allow Holy Spirit to reveal himself. God, we're so grateful. We're so grateful that you sent your Holy Spirit to be with us. That we don't have to do this walk of faith on our own. That, Lord, you have sent us and you have asked us to serve. And you've asked us to do things so that generations will praise the name of the Lord. But God, you didn't ask us to do it on your own. You sent your Holy Spirit. And so right now as we worship, God, as we lift our hands, as we simply pause in your presence again, 
Would your Holy Spirit reveal himself to us? Would you speak truth into our hearts? Would you speak encouragement? Would you speak life? Would you speak hope that whatever we've walked in today with, whatever our experiences of you in the past have been, Holy Spirit, would you speak love to these people? Would you speak mercy and grace to our hearts? That the mission becomes personal. Reveal yourself to us as we worship. Amen.